0: well guys welcome to another episode of the morning skate head here joined by my co-host brownie and we have one of the most electric defensemen probably ever playing the national hockey league i'd give anything for him to be playing now uh, he's a four-time Olympian, three medals. He had a gold, a silver, and a bronze. He was elected into the Russian and Soviet Hockey Hall of Fame in 2016. 28 career Olympic games played. is a record among Russian national team members. Uh, I mean, he played with the Islanders, the Penguins, the, the Avalanche, my New York Rangers. Welcome to Morning Skate, Darius Casprice. How's it going, buddy?
1: Good. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having uh, to do this. Big, big thrill for us.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been uh, – brownie Brownie's been doing some research and we have everything run down. I can't wait to dive into your career and just, you know, talk shop. So I, I guess first things first, man, growing up, like how did you get into hockey? Like what, was hockey just your life immediately as a little kid or like how did that all happen?
2: Well, I was born in a little town in Lithuania and uh, uh, we had a first uh, indoor ice rink built in my town. So what happened uh, around age eight – uh, one of the coaches came to our school and asked who wants to play hockey, and I said, "Why not? Uh, let me try." And uh, I just loved, you know, seeing older kids in my in my um, in my uh, neighborhood wearing a hockey gear. I thought it was so so cool, you know. They looked very uh, very, uh, you know, in, invincible, and uh, and and I I love that about hockey. So that's why I I, I joined uh, the, the hockey group. You know. And, and uh and that's how my hockey career started you know i was eight years old first time i started skating uh, as an eight-year-old uh, i remember was i never skated before and uh, i thought it's gonna be a terrible but I, I started skating very good right away so i think that was god gift for me to play hockey
0: <laughs> did you fall in love with it like immediately as soon as you put the skates on you're kind of wheeling around out there you're like this this is meant for me
2: no, no, no. I, I, uh, I stepped on the ice and I, I thought I was gonna fall down. But I just <laughs> and uh, it was it was I don't know why because my first case were figure skates and uh, my my dad cut the front teeth of the figure skates off and uh, and uh, it became a hockey skates. But my, you know I started skating with the figure skates, so maybe that's why it was maybe easier. I don't know, but I, I felt very comfortable right away.
1: Uh, you don't hear many NHLers say that they started at age eight and and kept it going that's that's amazing like you said a gift from god
2: Uh, i guess you know i always uh, still up to this day i always ask myself why me you know because i grew up in a country where there's no hockey uh as as Lithuania. you know and uh, i started playing there and then uh i was fortunate enough to be you know discovered by a soviet system uh, in moscow that gave me a chance to you know uh, get better and, and uh, took me there and uh, and put me you know in, in, this, in this great system uh, as a Dinamo Moscow team. So I think I got lucky there. But otherwise, I always ask you know, <laughs> me and uh, Daniel Zubers. You know, we've been bore, both born in uh, the same t- born in the same town, and uh, uh, you know, we left a long time ago, and we're still looking for the next generation HL hockey player to represent Lithuania in the league. But so far. So far, as no, uh, no no talent, you know, no no one's, it's coming near.
0: <coughs> yeah, no. So so you, so you leave Lithuania, you go to Dynamo, Moscow. Was it kind of rough leaving your family kind of thing? Like, what, what was that transition like? So I think it's, you were 14?
2: Yeah, I was 14 after my, uh, I finished great uh, grades uh, grade in Lithuania. I was, in the beginning, was excited because, you know, uh, it was cool to go and play in Dinamo, Moscow. That was a dream come true bro, for any athlete, uh, you know, hockey player that grew up in the small towns of Soviet Union or anywhere, you know. Uh, I felt very, uh, uh, you know, special. But, yeah, when uh, when I moved there, you know, it was hard. My first two years was very hard because I missed home. I was homesick a lot, you know. I was just still a baby. Uh, and I thing... Uh, Maybe around age sixteen, I realized that being free and being without parents is a good thing. Yeah. You no, know, I think I discovered beer and uh, and the girls, so it became more much easier, you know, <laughs> to,
1: cope, to cope with uh, you know being alone. Well, growing up in that time in Lithuania, did you even was the NHL even on your radar? Did you get any NHL games growing up? Did you get to see it, or is the Red Army like the biggest ticket or the biggest draw?
2: Uh, i think we start watching uh late 80s it was uh, you know uh soviet teams going to play nhl teams that's what uh, we saw on tv um but i never thought about nhl at all you know until maybe uh, 90 91 you know wow. when the soviet unions are uh, falling apart and the guys started leaving and then i was like wow you know some guys got drafted and uh, i i realized about I think my first time I started thinking about it, maybe the King Walt, uh, Walt Juniors in um, 1990 in uh, Regina, I think, Saskatchewan. or you know, somewhere in Canada. Uh, and, uh, you know, people were coming up to you and say, yeah, you know, maybe one day you're going to play in NHL. And, uh, you know, I, I never thought about it until 90s, you know. And then it happened so fast. You know, 92 I got drafted, and uh, a month later I was playing in the league already.
0: Did you have a player like growing up that you kind of looked after and idolized where you're like, that's my guy? Like, did you have a favorite player or a player that you wanted to craft your game around?
2: Not really. I follow, you know, the Soviet team because, you know, it was easy to watch them because they beat everybody all the time. (laughs) So, you know, I kind of, you know, want to, you know, you love the style they play, you know, the finesse, the beautiful. They made a game look so beautiful, you know. And uh, I just, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, had the one guy who I, I idolized. You know, I was still young, probably. And uh, I just, uh, I just, I was just happy to, you know, be in the system that I can become somebody. And, uh, you know, I, my first game I played pro in Russia was I was 16 years old. So I, maybe I start thinking about my own identity. But, you know, of course, I follow a lot of. Great players before me, like Slava Fetisov, you know uh, Alex Kasatonov, you know uh, uh, guys in uh, Dynamo or older guys that I, I liked how they play, uh, you know. But otherwise, you know, I kind of you know try to be uh, myself right from the beginning, you know, because the way I played and uh, the way I behave and uh, uh, and you know try to survive uh, on a daily basis being away from my uh, home and uh, being you know. In the in the big uh, uh, being with the adults, you no, know, basically.
1: Yeah, that Red Army team—it was very much uh, like a five-man unit, possessed the puck, heavy cycle game. They didn't. Ideally, the other team didn't touch the puck. Listen, I played my first game
2: uh, in Soviet uh, league. I was sixteen. Uh, they put me in a lineup. I sat on the bench all game, and, and maybe they let me out maybe for three shifts at the end of the game because the game was five-one. I think and we were playing Red Army team, Dinamo Moscow was playing Red Army team, and all those guys were on on the team, you know, Fetisov, Kasatonov, uh, Makarov, Larionov, Krutov, uh, Kamensky, You know, all those guys I watched on TV, I was like, basically (laughs) skating with them in the same ring and uh, playing in the same game, you know, I was so nervous, you know, I remember, uh, I couldn't even, uh, I was speechless, you know, the one thing was uh, good about it. The next day, I, you know, we didn't have internet yet. So, next day, it was a newspaper. And they show lineups uh, for the game la- the night before. And my name was, uh, you know, in, in newspaper. So, I, I went to school and I show all my uh, <laughs> classmates. You, know, you know, and some guys watch on TV because it was televised. So, it was kind of cool thing, you know, as a 16-year-old. Uh, eight years ago, I was just, like, putting my skates on first time. And eight years later, I was playing in the highest biggest league in the soviet union and maybe one of the top toughest teams that you know can play anybody in the world you know
0: (laughs) no that i mean that's crazy and something that i looked up and i don't know if it's entirely accurate it's more of a hockey db thing but i was looking at your numbers in world junior when you're younger and stuff and i saw like 10 penalty minutes 8 penalty minutes whatever it might be and then your first year in the league you're well over 100 was there something when you got into the National Hockey League where you're like, I need to start pissing people off. I need to start banging bodies. Like, was there a transition at any point where you're like, I need to be more physical or were like those numbers wrong before? Because I feel like that's something, if you're going to be physical, you're born that. I feel like you can't really develop that. Like you have that, I'm better than you. You're going to have to earn getting past me kind of a thing. So physical and being like that agitator, always a part of like your skill set, or is that something that developed over time?
2: Oh, you know, I grew up in a system that uh, physicality was uh, not part of the game, you know, but naturally, I was already, uh, since the first uh, time I started playing hockey, I realized, you know, hitting was my, uh, one of the biggest uh, talents I had, because it was easy for me to uh, find people, even uh, at the kids, kids level, I remember if I ever get frustrated, I would hit somebody, you know, because it was, it was naturally and easy to do, but when I came to the league, and uh, I played my first couple of NHL games and uh, I started throwing my body around because it was so easy for me to do that. I don't know why, because the ice was much smaller and uh, I mean ice ring was smaller and uh, I consider myself I was a good skater. Uh, uh, and you know, and the hip checks start working very, you know, good. <laughs> so what happened, you know, I realized people appreciate that style of game. So that's why I started, you know, throwing more hits in NHL because I was appreciated by fans. <laughs> And then suddenly, you know, I became this, uh, you know, uh, pain in ass player, uh, and, and that's why I think I had so many penalties because a lot of them were like uh, miners, you know, coincidentally like uh, coal miners. You know, if I hit somebody, yeah. it punches me in the face, and uh, maybe I punch him back or something like that. But my first year was very uh, unique. You know, I, I developed my style, I think, in NHL and. Uh, People loved it, so I realized, wow, why not? You know, I felt pressure of hitting people, actually, more than scoring goals. Because I feel people expected me to lay lay out a big hit every game, so I started feeling pressure later in my career. But uh, in the beginning, my first year was easy, you know. Uh, I was just a young kid running around and hitting anybody that was near me.
1: I love the fact that you when you came into the league, because I remember when you came into the league, that it wasn't like you were hitting the guys that normally didn't get hit. Yeah. And you weren't yeah. supposed to touch. And I, I love the fact that you didn't have that uh, that governor on your game. You know what I mean? You were like, yeah, well, if you have the puck, I'm going to hit you like Mario Lemieux. I still think he's still surprised for what you did to him in in that first time around in the playoffs.
2: Well, listen, listen, uh, I'm telling, hockey is a show, you know, so when you play at home, you want to put it on the show, and the best way to put it on the show is to go after the best players on a team, and uh, I feel that's why people appreciated me, because they uh, knew that I didn't give a shit about uh, who's playing on a team, as long as you, you know, have a puck, or as long as you had a puck, maybe two seconds before, uh, you know, you're going to get hit. And I love doing that. I love, uh, you know, getting crowd going, but also I love other teams to get pissed and try to concentrate on me instead of playing the game, you know, and I realized that was uh, some kind of talent too, because, you know, uh, to, 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 to play that way and make the other team take penalties on you and put our team on a power play, it was, you know, I think it was appreciated by my teammates.
0: No, for sure. So you were drafted fifth overall in the 92 draft of the Islanders. Uh, you started out, you definitely made a name for yourself, and you got to play with some pretty big names. Uh, just the name of few, Pierre Turgeon, Wendell Clark, Marty Straka, Matthew Schneider. Um, was there like a huge adjustment? I mean, you mentioned it being on a smaller ice surface, but playing against NHL guys, was there any like, oh shit, kind of moment for you? Or did you, you felt you were right at home and like, let's get going?
2: Oh, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really um, thought that way. I came in and I tried to, you know, I thought i going to go to the minors for the first couple uh, you know, weeks and get adjusted, but they put me in the game right away. I, I came, I think, October 6th. And uh, the first game was October 8th or maybe I came October 4th. And uh, after two days uh, being in this country, they put me in the first game against the Jersey Devils. I just, uh, you know, I basically had nothing to lose. Now I just came in and said, "Listen, let me play, uh, have fun." And uh, and uh, I realized it was not that hard. Uh, I just you know play play my play my game. And you know, I had a lot of great teammates. I think my first team, you know, ninety two, ninety three Islanders, was the best team for me to to join because the guys we have so many good characters. We didn't have, you know except Pierre Torjan maybe. Uh, we didn't have the many you know. Uh, big-name players, but uh, the guys we had on the team, they were a lot of character teams, like Steve Thomas, Ben Hawk, you know, Patrick Flackley, Glenn Healy, you know, those two are like comedians, you know, they uh, Ray Ferrari, you know what I'm saying? If you look at our team, in 92-93 team, that's, I think that's the, why we have success, because we are so tight as a, as a unit, you know, we, we, we went out together, we hang out together, we had a lot of fun as a team, and the thing. The first year was one, you know, I, I can name all the teammates on my on my on my team at that year, you know. Uh, if you go further down my career, I don't think I can remember <laughs> what But the first team was very big, you know, they put me, they they grabbed me and they they made me feel comfortable. They made follow me, they, they 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 let me know when I was wrong, if I did something wrong, you know. They, they were a nice bunch of guys, you know. They they told me a lot of things. They taught me a lot of things as, as a rookie in the league and uh, as, a, as a new man in a new country.
1: Yeah, that must have been tough. You didn't have the language and then coming into a new team with a lot of veterans like you said. Was there someone who kind of took you under their wing specifically? Someone kind of showed you the ropes? Yeah, you know, younger
2: guys, like Scott LaChance was my roommate. You know, we are same uh, same age. You know, we play against each other in the juniors. You know, we played for the United States. I played for Russia. So uh, he took me, uh, he took me to the, you know, to, to uh, uh, you know, uh, under his wing. We, we, we watched TV together. He, I had a dictionary. So he used to uh, always uh, explain to me all the words that, that I didn't know. And, uh, well, you know, then Travis Green uh, and uh, Marty McInnes, we kind of hang out together because we're youngest guys. So it uh, was fun. You know, my first day was fun.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. I wanted to ask you too. You had Al Arbor when you broke in, but then you ended up with Mike Milbury. What kind of a shift was that coaching wise? That's uh, two very different temperaments, I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, I and especially Al
2: Arbor, you know, he was a perfect coach for the rookie like me, you know, because he knew that I was a little wild, wild man. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of fun my first two years, but he was my coach. So he always gave me this tough love, you know, if I didn't. So if I didn't, um, you know, had a good game, it would give me, a, you know, tough love. But next day it would always uh, come in, give me a hug and uh, explain to me. So uh, he was a perfect coach for me, you know. And when Mike Milbury came in, um, I knew it was a big change, you know, uh, because Mike was uh, coming from a different system. You know, he was not an Islander, he was a Bruin. So uh, I think that was a change. Uh, and also, you know, uh, Mike had different ideas, Uh and uh it just happened that you know mike traded me too to uh, to the pittsburgh penguins so uh, you know i had nothing against mike milbury he was very also you know was a character coach he,
1: big he, personality
2: he big personality and uh we had a lot of fun but he also you know was sometimes tough to play uh we you know because uh, he demanded a lot and uh, he, he he always expressed his opinion uh, very loudly so uh, <laughs> A lot of guys were arguing with him, you know. So we we asked him uh, good stuff and bad stuff, but you know, Mike Mike was a uh, you know I, I have no no hard feelings. You know, I have only respect for him.
1: Did you have any idea you were going to get traded, or was it completely out of the blue? What was that like? Uh, you have to ask Mike Milbury. I think
2: that was a, something, some kind of weird story. I think uh, Stan, the fake owner of New York Islanders, was the a good friend. Was a good friends with Mario Lemieux or something like that, or they played golf together. So what happened? I remember Mike Milbury specifically told me uh, two days before we're I think flying uh, back from uh, some kind of road trip or preseason game. I don't remember, and he told me uh, that as long as he's on a team, I will never get traded. I'll I'll be his boy because you know he loved the way I play. He loved the passion I have for the game. And two days later, he calls me at uh, 9 o'clock at night. I was packing for a California trip. And he says, I'm sorry I let you know that you got traded to Pittsburgh Penguins. I was like, Mike, are you serious? You're joking. He, he told me, yeah, that I that have to report to the airport and go to Pittsburgh. I actually, I was crying because I was shocked, you know. Um... <laughs> And I realized right now, or oh, I heard the story that Spano called, um, uh, you know, Pittsburgh called Spano, Spano called Mike and told Mike to trade me for the forward, uh, something like that. So basically, oh
1: Smolinski, yeah,
2: Smol- yeah, I know Smolinski, but uh, I think um, the trade happened because you know Spano was a Spano was a, a, a owner at that time, and I think he just uh, made it, you know, favor or not favor, I know it was a favor. <laughs>
0: brownie brownie mentioned earlier how you were going at it with mario like your first few years and then you end up in pittsburgh when you're walking in that locker room where you're like oh shit (laughs) like what's gonna happen here or like what how was that transition in pittsburgh that's why I was
2: so shocked to Pittsburgh, because they hated me there. and I was like, are you
1: serious? I'm going to yeah, Pittsburgh. but they hated playing against you more than they hated you. I, that's why they wanted I, you.
2: <laughs> I didn't realize that until, you know, I got traded. And uh, I went to the locker room and I was, you know, put my head down, uh, my tail between my, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I put my tail down. And uh, I remember shaking all the boys' heads, the uh, hands that I talked to, uh, I play against, and I, uh, I abused them for many years before I got traded. <laughs> But, you know, they took me in very easily. I remember first practice was so easy, you know, nobody was wearing shoulder pads, no helmets. I was like, oh, my God, coming out of the Millbury system, we oh. are being abused every day uh, because we sucked. And then going to Pittsburgh, which was, uh, you know, a lot of superstars on the still yeah. on the team at that time. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. This, this is like uh, this is fun. And Country going, club. You know, yeah, going on the plane and playing, you know, card games with your teammates. It was just uh, such a fun, I remember a fun year for me uh, to be part of the team, you know. And uh, people took me in very fast. I think my first game as a penguin, I scored a goal. I think I hit Brad Hall. We play against St. Louis Blues. <laughs> they loved it, you know. So uh, I became a penguin, uh, you know, overnight, I think. Uh, I, uh, I, I had a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, and I realized that people loved me, and, uh, you know, that was no hard feelings again.
0: You, I, you I, mentioned superstar. Sorry, Brownie. No, uh, good. You got to play, obviously, the Mario with Jager, Ron Francis, Kevin Hatcher, Joey Mullen. I mean, that's just your first year there. What was it like playing with those guys? Was, was Mario just like – like, what was it like seeing him and a young Yager just kind of wheeling around? That had to have been pretty special. That
2: was cool, you know, every time Mario walked in the locker room, you know, you feel this, uh, senior, uh, like, you know, the it's royal, like you know? Yeah. <laughs> the royalty is it, so, you, you know, you have to watch what he say, and uh, sometimes it's uh, intimidating, but, you know, uh, eventually you get used to it, and uh, Mario was a great teammate, you know, he's a, he was a good poker player, too, you know, he wouldn't... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you, you know, he was very patient when you played cards against him. So, you know, they, they they were a bunch of great guys, you know, and uh, Ron Francis, you know, Joe Mullen, you know, it uh, was unbelievable. I still, you know, see Joe Mullen uh, once in a while, you know, and he's a great, great human being. I remember him scoring 500 goals as an American-born player, yeah. I was on the team, you know, just seeing his, you know, his passion for the game, you know. And Jagger, of course, I played with Jaeger, I think, the most in my career. I played with the Rangers, I played with the Pittsburgh with him, you know. And Yarmir uh, was also, you know, a very uh, cool individual, uh, a little bit strange sometimes, uh, you know, the way he approached the game. But uh, he did everything to, you know, become a best player on the ice. So, uh, he, you know, you have to understand him. They did it not because he was just some kind of prima donna. He wanted to win, you know. so uh he's a he was a great leader
1: yeah i was gonna say i got a buddy who i'm in boston i got a buddy who still has pittsburgh penguins season tickets even though he lives here and i texted him that we were going to be interviewing you and he just wanted to make sure that you know that you are still worshipped in pittsburgh they still love you there it's that you you locked in with them and they have never let it go
2: yeah, that's why it's so cool when I go to Pittsburgh all the time. And I still see people wearing my jerseys, and that makes me feel so uh, special. Especially, I went out to the game last night, Panthers Islanders, and I actually saw the guy wearing Gasparides jersey. Just think oh. about it. I, I left left Island 1996, and still people have my jersey on, which is uh, it's, it's just amazing to see. Uh, and I come up to I came up to the guy. and was he. Can I take a picture with you? And he goes yeah. And then you realize it was me. You went crazy. Oh, you that's crazy. It's 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 so I I feel so you know appreciated that people still wear my jerseys, which is so weird. You know uh, uh, that's why I always ask myself a question. Like, you know I, I was born in Lithuania, grew up uh, in a small town, and now thirty years later, people still have memories of me and uh, still wearing my jerseys. That's that's very uh, special.
0: You know. It just uh, means uh, it just uh, means that you made a great like an unreal impact. Like you were except with the, the Ra- except the Ranger fans. <laughs> well, no, I'm a Ranger He's fan. I'm a I big Ranger it. fan. We're, we're going to talk about Bobby I was Granger. And number six and Rangers. Uh, in the
2: Ranger. <laughs> no,
0: I, I'll tell you what, man, that maybe some, but me and my boys were all Rangers fans. And like I told them Dar- Darius Cash Price was coming on. They're like, no fucking way. Like people are all sorts of jacked up. I remember, we'll get into a little bit the Bobby Granger's Guide to the Rangers commercial where like you just dummied him because he went next to Henrik Lundqvist. Just like little oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely get into that. But so you're in Pittsburgh now. This is where you, where you really gave Lindros the business, correct?
2: Well, I just hit him a couple of times, but the, the one time I hit him, unfortunately, Eric got hurt. You know, uh, I didn't really meant to, you know, injure him. I just right. uh, finished my check, but yeah, that ended up being a big hit. And uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, he had a concussion. Uh, it's, it's, it's. You know, it's a game of hockey, and we right. play physical sports, and uh, it happened, but. I remember the rivalry because Flyers were a very good team and we had a very good team. So, you know, every time I played the Flyers, you know, especially, you know, uh, back-to-back games, it was uh, like a war, it doesn't matter if it was a playoff or a regular season. And, uh, you know, I always try to play even harder than when we played the rival games, you know. I remember playing the Rangers, you know, you know, every time, you know, you play at home, you play the big teams or, you know, you stay rivals, you know, people come up and uh, they wanted to put up the show, basically. So, um, it just happened, you know, and, uh, you know, I play against the Legion of Doom. So, uh, Leclerc, uh, Renberg and Lindros was the hardest line to play against. They were so big, so strong, and uh, they play physical too.
1: Yeah, it was a clean hit. And I, I heard – I don't know if this is true. This is one of those urban legends. Were you getting, like, death threats when you guys went to Philly?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was getting phone calls to my hotel room. They said they're going to kill me. I should never leave the hotel. And uh, the first time I got scared, you know, uh, I was like, wow, maybe these people are serious. And remember going – because we had a back-to-back game. We played a game in Pittsburgh, yeah. and the next day we played in Philly. So uh, I was kind of a little scared, you know. I called uh, – I think one of our trainers. I listen, to these people keep calling me my room, and uh, they tell me, I, you know, basically. So I think we had a security waiting in the lobby next next morning to take us to the game, and uh, but nothing happened. No, uh, I don't think uh, uh, anything bad happened. Uh, only you know, every time I stepped in ice, they, they run me over. <laughs> <laughs> I just send the message, but the game, you know, game ended up being okay. You uh, I think Alex Morozov got abused more than me because he was celebrating after they hit in, in 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 Pittsburgh. So uh they actually went after him too because you know if you look at the video he's standing on the bench and clapping you know which was he didn't know he was the rookie you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, he
2: got he got beat up too.
1: All you to say is clean hit it was a clean hit.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a clean hit you know but uh it happens, you know, and uh, it was a uh, think you know that was uh, also the big game, so it just mm. happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a big one. I I wanted to go back for one sec though. I wanted to ask you because you were on the island when um when Turchron got hit by Hunter after the after the play. Yeah, Do you remember that? Do you remember that happening? I remember that as a kid, and I was like horrified at that. That was well, like of one of the worst things.
2: Of course, I remember. I remember Pierre scoring a goal and celebrating uh, in. Uh i think i was even on the ice uh i was on the blue line and i remember him just hitting him from uh behind into the boards so uh, yeah it was terrible you know it's uh sometimes guys, guys get frustrated and i don't think he meant to injure him i think he meant to just push him you know whatever it just happened that the PR got hurt you know and actually it's 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 scary but same time you know uh, it happens you know
1: we're playing a violent game sometimes right all right I just wanted to ask about that.
2: I'm actually going to sleep here tomorrow. We're going to play lunch hockey together.
1: Is he? Is he okay? Everything? He was okay from that and the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, he's fine.
2: He had a long career and he still uh, plays hockey for fun as as I do. And tomorrow, I think we have a game. Uh, I'm going to put him on my team the way I don't have to hit him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're with you're with Pittsburgh for a while, and then you get ended up traded to Colorado. Um, you were only there for a little bit, but what was your experience like in Colorado?
2: Well, that was you no know, coming to the team that won a cup before. Uh, before you know the year before, it was a lot of expectations. The team was great, man. There was such a weird change going from east to west. You know, the travel was different. I thought the guys were a little bit more geekier in the West, you know, I don't know. They watch uh, Price at Price's right uh, every morning skate. I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> they drank, they drank. Uh, you know, baby uh, formula before the games because of the high altitude. It just, uh, but the guys are so professional, you know, there was a totally different uh, going from Pittsburgh that I think we are not doing well when I left and going to this uh, Stanley Cup contender with, uh, you know, all the great players, you know, on the team, you know, Forsberg, Saki, uh, Blake, uh, Adam Foote, you know, Patrick Roy. Uh, he was just like, uh, you know, it was like nerve-wracking for me. You know, I was like, wow, and sometimes I, I didn't even know why they got me. You know, I didn't, uh, I played, okay. I played, I think I played good hockey, but I didn't play as much as I expected. And uh, the other part was weird that they didn't want me to hit.
0: <laughs> they want
2: they want me to play more physical game, but without you know leaving my uh, zone and trying to find a big hit. They want me to use my stick first and then finish my checks, which was very confusing, you know. And uh, and I didn't uh, you know I was just happy to be have a chance having a chance to win a cup. But you know, unfortunately, we lost to you know, Detroit game seven. And uh, that, that was that, that, that team, you know, fell you know, through. But honestly, it was a lot of cool experience to play in Colorado.
1: There's another rumor that when you came to the Rangers, and again, I don't know if this is true, did Eric Lindroth reach out to you on like midnight of the first day of free agency to say, hey, come on over? Yeah, it was Don Maloney
2: came in first. He gave me a video about New York Rangers. It was kind of cool, a little uh, give give back. Uh, and then uh, Eric uh, called me uh, uh, and say, "Listen, uh, there was no hard feelings. We, are, no. I really love you to have you as a teammate. You know, uh, to you know, if it'd be cool if you join the Rangers." And uh, it was very, uh, you know, awesome to hear Eric call me and uh, you know uh, tell me there's no hard feelings. You know, and it's uh, just a game of hockey. And uh, we, have, we actually became a good teammate. Uh, we had so much fun together for a couple of years as, as the Rangers. And the, Eric is a very funny guy. You know, sometimes when you play against somebody, you think he's like a very serious and very close, uh, you know, circle person. But it was very goofy and very funny guy.
0: Yeah. Oh, and cool. I mean, Lindros, you and Messier had some battles back in the day, too. You had to play with him for a little bit. What was it like playing with Mark Messier? He's probably my all-time favorite.
2: Mark is a, yeah, he's a true born leader, you know, you can tell, uh, it's not like, you know, you don't really afraid of him as you're afraid of Lemieux, for example, he comes to luck, but Mark, you know, he didn't say much, but he always said the right things, you know, and, uh, he, you know, I, I got to play with Mark, I think, uh, he he, was almost 40 years old or something like that, but he still presented, he represented himself as a very true professional, he worked hard, and, uh he, he care about the team, you know. I also played with Brian Leach, which was yeah. also a very good. Uh, you know, leader and a quiet leader, but very good when he came to the game game time. You know, he played hard. He blocked shots. He, he was a he was a great you know great teammate also. So uh, yeah, you know, you get you move you move around as a, as a player. So sometimes when you play tough against somebody on the other team, but then you become a teammate. You know, nobody. I think remembers that, you know, they know that you play hard because you want to win and uh, they want you to play exactly the same way as you play against them to play for them. Yeah.
0: No. And you, and you mentioned Leach, and, and you had Adam foot in Colorado. And, and obviously, I mean, you, you just had Matthew Schneider in Pittsburgh, all these big names question for you. If you could pick any player, you could either play with them or never played with them before. Who would be like your ultimate guy that you'd want to be paired up with playing defense?
2: would i play with uh, as my teammate or as my uh, partner
0: as your partner as as your teammate he like you and him are out on the ice at the same time anybody who who would you pick you know i i i i, I gonna
2: throw the name that maybe you, you probably heard Ian he moran was my team my, uh, oh, yeah. and my partner and Ian moran he was the best partner i ever had because you know what that guy talked he helped me so much as a partner. I think my my one of the best years I had in Pittsburgh because I played with him. You know, it was a I was a lefty, he was a right D. and uh, we, we constantly hang out together. We, we watched watch videos together, and uh, we you know we when we played, he was so helpful. You know, because he always talked to me, I talked to him, and uh, I felt like I you know I always uh, he was my back, and I had a good good couple of years with Ian as my partner
0: interesting okay it's good
1: to hear former Bruin you know I'm the Bruins guy so yeah. I appreciate that <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: so uh you're in New York you're playing with all these big names I mean Pavel Bore I Russian rocket that guy could fly Kovalev uh, you had Richter in net at least in the beginning um did you enjoy your time in New York I know the fans can definitely be kind of brutal but like did you have fun being a Ranger
2: well, it was fun, you know, first of all, playing in Madison Square Garden, it was, uh, you know, I, I every game I walked up to the up, up to the ramp to the, you know, seventh floor, it's always, you know, I was always amazed. I can't believe I'm playing here almost every day, you know, and I, you watch the shows or, you know, watch the basketball games, and I play in Madison Square Garden or, on a daily basis. That was a kind of cool thing. Yeah, it was a lot of pressure in the beginning because suddenly, you know, from be, being a, I came from being a hard-nosed player, everybody loves to have them, and, uh, and suddenly now all, all the media, only they, they talk about my salary, you know, if I have a bad game, it's my salary. If I have a good game, nobody mentions anything. So it was hard a couple of years uh, as a Ranger because, you know, I, I got the big paycheck and um, suddenly, you know, I don't know why, you know, people start thinking that I can play better than I have played before. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not. Well, first off, it's not your fault that you're signing these contracts. And second off, you would think they'd probably go after a guy like Bobby O'Luke. I think Bobby O'Luke signed a 9.5 banger a year or something like that coming off from the double. So contracts were all over the place.
2: You know what the – I remember I'm telling you a true story. When my, my agent called me and told me how much money they offer me, uh, and uh, I told him it's too much money. I don't think I, you know, they. And he told me don't tell anybody. You know, <laughs> <laughs> your
0: agent's like stop. <laughs>
2: Are you crazy? You know, I doubled my expectations. I I thought if I gonna make you know two million dollars a year, I'd be the happiest hockey player ever. They gave me four. I was like wow, you know. So uh, it was of course it was pressure. You know, uh, you felt like you know you have to make something magical
1: happened that's why i created six salute <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna that's we got that on the list i want we were gonna ask about that
2: so See, they got you, that's, for me.
1: that's the big one that's that's a big yeah. thing that it's still done now i know that was the first time for new york but is that was anyone doing that anywhere else in in the united states or north america
2: no, I don't know if uh, anybody did it before. I did it in Europe. I know in Europe we uh, yeah. appreciate the fans sometimes after the game with the raising a sticks, but not in the middle, That's just like go and uh, basically wave the, you know, to the crowd. But when we did it in New York, people loved it. So we started doing it after every game that we won and... Uh, and uh, suddenly became a habit for our team uh, and then everywhere uh, everybody does it now you know uh, Carolina took it to the next level of course (laughs) but you know that's cool you know that's cool that guys have fun with that you know because uh people come to watch you play but people also want to watch things uh and see players personalities and I think uh, what Carolina does now, is or oh, Islanders, I think, also do some crazy stuff sometimes. So, I think uh, it's cool, you know, that we don't uh, just go play and uh, we got our game face on and we leave the stadium and uh, try to go back into our personal lives. But we kind of give back to the fans. And uh, this, the fans love that, you know.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That's awesome. All these years later, they're still doing that. Like, that. that's – you left oh, here. Oh, it's going to yeah. stay. Listen, it's
1: going to stay there forever. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I
0: know. It's, it, that's so cool. I that think – like, um,
2: you know what happened to the maple leafs they tried to stop doing that and they got they got ripped by the <laughs> they <just laughs> were doing six and then one day they got upset or something you know they were losing or something and they they didn't do it and uh, they got basically you know all this. Uh, and they started doing it again <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in 0-4-0-5, there's a lockout and you go and play for, oh, boy, Kazan AK Bars, 28 games played, goal, three assists, four points with 118 pims in just, again, 28 games. You got to play with Ilya Kovalchuk, Vinny Lecavier, Brad Richards, Danny Heatley, Hobby Bulin. Was that just like going to an all-star team? <laughs> Those names are insane.
2: Yeah, our team was stacked. Too, too bad what did, that we didn't do uh, very well. Because I think that you know it was hard, man. People when like people assemble a team in that short period of time, and they want you have twenty games only to get ready for the playoffs. I think it's hard to get the you know. And, and, and some guys came even later. You know, Richards came, and like Abaya yeah, came, uh, uh, Danny Heatley thing also. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, you know it was a uh, they call uh, the Russian Rangers. You know, I came from the Rangers. Uh, <laughs> and they call, like, uh, you know, Akbar's uh, Kazan, also the Rangers, because we had all of uh, you know, big name players, but we didn't do well at that year. So uh, it was disappointing, you know, it was a big disappointment. But you know what? Uh, it's something to, you know, people going to remember because there are so many uh, good star quality players on the same team. And uh, I don't think nobody's going to ever match it in Russia again because, you know, I feel like, you know, our team had at least 10 people that play in HL. And uh, a lot of them had a good success.
0: Yeah. Um, the lockout ends and go back to New York. Uh, you get to play with Henrik Lomquist, who, I mean, that guy, he, he changed the Rangers pretty much by himself. So, do you, like, what do you have any cool stories about the King or anything? Like Did you know that he was going to be an immediate impact player almost immediately? Or, like, what, what, what can you tell us about Hank?
2: You know, nobody uh, knew anything about Hank. He just show up as a you know guy. Nobody even knew his background. You know, we had a Swedish goal, we had Kevin Weeks, I think, as a starter, and uh, yeah. uh, Hendrik show up uh, as a backup. And um, we didn't know that he won a Swedish league. He was MVP there. You know, we didn't really knew anything. And then uh, suddenly, you know, I think Weeks he got hurt, and uh, Hendrik started playing, and he started playing very good. And it was like, wow, you know, this kid is not bad. And then suddenly, you know, uh, 12 years later, you know, he's a Hall of Fame goalie, <laughs> you know, uh, or more than 12 years. I don't know how long he played. So it's it's amazing, you know. I think Hendrik uh, changed the way the goalies play. In uh, uh, you know, even uh, you know, going after the Richter, all his records and beating them. You know, uh, it's it's amazing. You know, uh, that's the reason they retire his jersey and. Uh, that's the reason he's you now is a legend. New York New York Rangers legend. Yeah.
1: You know? Oh, speaking of New York Rangers legends, I wanted to ask you about two guys that were youngsters that came up towards the end of your career, Ryan Callahan and Sean Avery. I mean, different, totally different cats personality-wise, but both had a very big impact on the Rangers and in the NHL. You could argue with Avery. I was just curious what your impression of them was as youngsters.
2: Well, I think, uh, you know, Avery was a character player. It reminded me of Matthew Barnaby, you know, oh, a little that's, bit.
1: That's good, yeah.
2: But maybe a little bit to a different level. And, uh, <laughs> Kala, and, you know, I knew that he was a very hard-nosed player. And I'm so uh, happy that he, he had a great career, you know, the way he played, you know, uh, he played hard. You know, he, he was a, a good leader and also, you know, uh, even, uh, you know, I'm losing my spot on the team and then uh, Dan, Dan Gerardi took it. You know, I, I'm so happy for him that he he had an uh, unbelievable career as a ranger coming from the minors, not drafted. Yep. And uh, by me getting injured, he had a chance to play for the team. Yeah, it's nice to see guys that, you know, had a great career.
0: And uh, and I, I, I was in the beginning seeing them develop. Uh, just yeah. one moment I want to kind of bring up. Uh, and I know you're on the team, so I looked at the box score because I want to make sure you're still there. Uh, Rangers, Capitals. Uh, Donald is running all over the place, and then Brendan Shanahan squares up in center ice. Like, what, what was that like seeing Shannon drop the mitts with Donald Brashear? Like, it, I'll always remember watching that game and I, just hearing. And it's Shanahan fighting Brashear. It was, it was crazy.
2: Oh, you know, we uh, knew that uh, Shanahan was a very uh, tough player, you know. He, he he fought his way out, fought his way through all his career, you know. He became a superstar, but still he was a, you know, guy who can uh, drop his gloves and fight. And, you know, we didn't expect him to do that, but, you know, especially he was an older player already. So, and uh, when he did that, you know, and also, you know, Shanahan was a great leader too, you know. He came from the winning the Cups with the, with the, with the Detroit Red Wings, so he knew how to win. And I think uh, that's why people fell in love with him in New York because, you know, he didn't care how old he was. He was just playing hard. And uh, if if he needed to drop his glove, that's what he did.
1: Yeah. I also, I wanted to ask you about the overtime goal against Buffalo. Was that slide, was that just pure celebration or was that something you had been doing before? That was one of the best all-time celebrations that I remember.
2: No, it's a pure joy. I didn't know uh, I scored, I didn't know I shot a puck and they went in I was just uh, uh, so, so happy and I uh, thinking I just naturally, yeah, you know, I didn't realize until uh, the pile of the players jumped on me and I was kind of losing, uh, I was running out of air underneath, so I started for the guys to let me out because I was losing, you know, conscience, but otherwise it was just through, uh, you know, pure celebration as a, as a kid, I guess, you know, uh, scoring a big goal. I didn't really plan it, you know, it just, it just happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now you're still playing now. You're still out there with the beer okay. leaguers like us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I play, uh, twice a week, maybe sometimes three times, depends
1: here in Miami. You know,
2: uh, it's, it's, I love the game of hockey, you know, uh i I might go to lithuania in december and maybe play one more game for my home team in uh professional league maybe i don't know we'll see you know i just turned 50 so uh oh yeah you just had a birthday happy birthday thank thank you my mind my mind still feels i feel like i'm a 20 year old but you know my body (laughs) even i'm in shape but you know i still you know i have a lot of injuries from before so I don't know. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe not. I don't know. I just feel like you know. I love playing the game, and
1: uh, why not? What about the uh, old timers for the Winter Classic? The Uh, uh, Penguins uh, and the Bruins at Fenway Park. What they playing this year? Yeah, yeah. You'd be Uh, great uh, out there for that one.
2: Oh, that would be. I know. Listen, uh, you know, it's a lot of. Maybe they're gonna invite me. Uh, Why? uh, Of course, I'm gonna play if they can invite me.
1: This is the. They're doing the retro jersey too. This is the. the old Penguins jersey, like when you played the Robo Penguin, you know.
2: Yeah. So far, nobody emailed me, so maybe they already. Maybe I didn't make the cut. <laughs> okay.
1: Maybe Cam Neely doesn't want to get hip checked. Maybe that's what it is. No. Yeah. Probably not.
0: <laughs> so h- here's a couple just random questions for you. Did you have like a specific pregame meal?
2: Yeah, I ate rice and fish all the time.
0: Rice and fish—that was your go-to. Yeah. Okay. Here's one for you. You can throw your own music festival concert, and you can pick three bands or artists that are alive to play your show. Who's who's playing your show?
2: I think uh, Mumford and Sons. Okay. Then uh, Pearl Jam,
1: and Drake. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's a hell of a concert, man.
1: Is there is there anyone playing today that reminds you a little bit of your game? I don't know oh, how much you still right. watch.
0: Good question. I think,
2: you know what, um, Radko uh for the Panthers, I think, uh, you know, he, 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 he wants to play the same way as I did, but I think he's staying a little bit more back because I think the game changed, but I think he can still hit. So I think uh, Radko uh because I watch Panthers a lot because I live in Miami, yeah. uh, you know, he's still... You know, sometimes when he steps steps up to hit somebody, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be painful. You know, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's hard. I don't watch the games as much as I used to, but uh, when I watch
1: it, uh, it's fun to see guys throwing kids. Nice. Now, you you uh, a little bit about your personal. You have six kids, is that right? Yeah, I'm a father of
2: six kids. Yeah, so uh, so that's a
1: full time job.
2: It is, you know, uh, and uh, being married is full time job too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I have one kid, and I can't with imagine. Overtime, with overtime, with <laughs> overtime, Are any of your uh, any of your kids uh, playing?
2: Well, I have my three uh, oldest are daughters, so they play, uh, you know, different sports. My boys, one plays basketball uh, and two play soccer. I feel like you know, hockey is such a time consuming sport, especially living in Florida. So. Uh, uh, I took him skating many times. They they, they all can skate, but uh, it's just not really a good place to, uh, you know, raise a hockey player. So soccer is my, uh, right now, is my number one sport. I watch soccer uh, almost uh, on a weekly basis. I'm a big Man City fan. So uh, my dream is for one week is to play for Man City. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so living in South Florida, are you, uh, with your free time, if you have any, are you a golf guy or a fishing guy? Um, you
2: no, know, I don't play golf. I used to be a
1: big fishing guy because I, when I lived in
2: Long Island, I fish all the time. I have a boat in Miami, but I don't really go out anymore uh, because nobody wants to go anywhere. But I do a lot of running. I still run a lot on the beach in the morning. So uh, I exercise a lot. But if I took – fishing is probably my number one choice. Golf is I'm not, I'm not – into golf, You know, the golf story, I tell you what, when I came to the United States, I bought my golf gloves, clubs, and my first year, uh, uh, one of the teammates, uh, I forget his name, Nicholas Anderson, borrowed my gloves, clubs for uh, some kind of tournament, and he never gave it back to me. I was like, you know what, this is not for me.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> it, done.
2: <laughs> uh, so I'm not buying a new set, and uh, this game sucks, so I'm not going <laughs> to invest I'm for Why? In <laughs> so I, I took fishing in Long Island. I fished almost all the time. That was, thing, that was the best thing for playing for the Islanders in the mid-90s because we never made playoffs. So I, I started fishing from April until October.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was there was there anything that you, like, a kind of a, like, I don't give a fuck money that you had from signing those tickets that you just went out and bought something completely useless or or something just a complete luxury item that you didn't really need, just something that you pissed away money on? A Big one, the, everyone who listens to former players love those stories. Well,
2: oh, a lot of things like that, but I think that my first year I bought a Versace jacket for five thousand dollars, a leather jacket that'll do you it. Know, and, uh, I thought it was so cool, you know. And when I came to the locker room, uh, people started making fun of me, and uh, I, I don't think I will wear it again because I feel uh, kind of you know, shy or ashamed. I remember Al Arbor told me, What the hell are you wearing, dude? <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> And then when I told him I much I pay, he was like, "You almost shit him,
0: <laughs> Oh man! Well, Brownie, do you have any any other questions for him?
1: I do have. I do have one. We we usually do like a lightning round of questions, but we okay. kind of asked you all of them. But I did want to ask okay. you this because you you had a long long career. Who's the most famous person in your phone?
0: Oh, that's a question. In my phone, famous.
1: The most famous person. It doesn't have to be hockey, it could be anybody. Oh shit, I don't even really know anybody. Hockey, famous person.
2: I think uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, Nelson Peltz. It's right? very uh, very uh, big businessman. All right. And, uh, he's been, uh, you know, he helped me a lot in my life, especially when I played for the Rangers. You know, he was my neighbor. So Nelson Peltz is the uh, owner of, uh, no owner, but investor in trying, uh, it, uh, you know, his daughter married to uh, Beckham, uh, Beckham uh, uh son, Brooklyn Beckham, you know?
1: Well, that's how you know we're getting old when talking about Beckham's son getting married. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
2: Nelson Peltz is, uh, you know, I hang out with his kids. He's older than me, way older than me. But, you know, he he's one of the famous uh, known people that I know.
1: There you go. Well, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's what I It was just, I mean, it was great. Great having you. I, I'm always a big fan, and I can give you the ultimate compliment as a Boston Bruins fan. You were one of those guys that we always like, oh man, I hate him. And then people would say, oh, how'd he look on the Bruins? Oh, he'd be fucking great on the Bruins. <laughs> you
2: know what? Uh, I, I never regret anything, but I tell you something uh, when the Rangers gave me the contract, I had two same offers from two different teams Boston and Toronto. And I choose the Rangers because you know I lived in Long Island in New York and I kind of love New York, so I choose to play for the Rangers, but I had a chance to be a Bruin too. Oh,
1: that's oh, the headline. That, Darius Casparitus regrets not being a Bruin. That's can how you we'll
0: imagine, say. Can you imagine Casparitus playing for the Bruins? Oh. Oh, especially that was
1: the old garden, the small surface. You would have killed. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. You yeah. and Ray Bork would have been a pair. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I
2: played with Ray Burke uh, later in my life. Uh, yeah. at the, at the, at the, we had a trip to a uh, uh, Legends game uh, in uh, Nova Scotia with me, him, and Al Afraidy. We drove the car together for like six oh hours.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Al the planet, Al Good Lord. That must have yeah. been some I car. I couldn't ride. handle him anymore. I
2: asked him to stop in uh, one of the towns, and I took the plane to the next
1: city. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. <laughs> okay you All got right. anything rangers you got it for me? i
0: i mean I, this was just you're like the ultimate guy that if if i ever have kids and they play hockey i want them to play hockey the way you played hockey you you played hard you and if like you went over the line you back it up and it was just and brownie we, we talk offline you like you love to win but i feel like you hated to lose more than that and that was something that i always kind of respected about you so um yeah,
1: i think that's an accurate thing
0: yeah, it was just awesome to have you on, man. I appreciate you taking time out here.
1: I,
2: I,
0: listen, guys, I feel exactly the same way still. I play
2: hockey right now. If you interview the people I play hockey with, they're going to tell you the same thing. I scream, I yell, I, uh, I become a poor loser. I get suspended from the beer league for two days because I went after some uh, old guy that told me something uh, that I didn't really like. It. My wife told me I should be ashamed of myself, so uh, she told me to... She told me to call him and apologize. Oh,
1: what you got to do is you got to break out that slide celebration next time you score in beer league. That's yeah. gotta... me,
2: I do. I do every week.
0: If I'm ever down in Miami, I'll stop at one of your beer league games and, and yeah, right. just to thank watch. All right, guys. Well, thank you, guys. That was Darius. What an interview! Hell of a guy. Um, make okay, thank to Tune in next week, and yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Darius.